0: We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole
1: region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, and our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh! Mama, there goes that man. You roll! Show.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you are aboard for this episode. Glad to be back. Of course, we did a briefcast last time out. But a full-fledged episode with some of the bells and whistles, if not all of the bells and whistles that you've become accustomed to if you are a regular listener. So with that in mind, shout out to the folks who are tuning in for the very first time. Welcome aboard. Thank you. And we hope to become a part of your podcast menu. In addition to that, shouts out to all the people who listen to every episode, every briefcast, who are a part of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group on Facebook, who interact and comment and just are a part of it thank you so much for all that you do and finally shouts out to all the people who are pushing their kids into soccer kicking and screaming not only because of the hype of the world cup that's on and popping these days but also because ronaldo was just offered 100 million dollars a year to play soccer in saudi arabia yeah you heard me right three and a half years 300 million dollars man you need to get the kids in the soccer you need to i'm telling you that's that's the future that's the way a hundred million dollars a season how about that That's crazy, right? But nonetheless, welcome aboard. Thank you to all of you for hanging out. A great show coming up for you. We have some great stuff coming up, and I'll tell you all about that in just a second. But first, I want to tell you guys how you can be interactive and get involved in the show. First and foremost, I haven't heard from you guys in a while. Give me a call, hit me up, leave a message on the sports line 24 hours a day. Just call, leave a voicemail message, and you might just end up on the very next podcast. 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. If you have a question, a comment, a criticism, a request, any of those things, hit me up, leave a message. I want your take on things like Deshaun Watson, on Coach Prime, on the World Cup on what uh, so many other things swag championship whatever you want to get into we certainly want to hear from you guys 832-941-6614. in addition to that you can join me on the sports talk with devin wade group page on facebook where you can post read posts things are posted all the time sometimes i post poll questions and i put stuff out there for you to talk about and consume and others do the same i certainly appreciate all the folks who do that but you could do it too on the sports talk with Devin Wade group page on facebook and finally on twitter at wade's word w-a-d-e-s-w-o-r-d so i may have a new twitter handle I mean, obviously, we all may be off of Twitter in a little bit if you listen to reports about what Mr. Elon Musk is doing with that company over there. But nonetheless, uh, all that stuff is going on. But this time out, we have some Sports E with Life on Lock. She's back. With some sports entertainment news, we have a conversation with our guy from the special teams unit, former NFL receiver, and a Alabama State Hall of Famer, wide receiver, former wide receiver, Reggie Brown. And uh, we'll talk about, I'm sure the Dolphins will come up and some other things as well, some swag stuff. In addition to that, we have our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy, aboard with his mix and we'll hear from our sponsors and we may or may not have a Lamont award for the big dummy of the episode. So with that, let's get into something we call headlines before you guys give me a hard time. I do realize that 300 million for three and a half years is less than $100 million a year. It's around $85 million a year. I know that. But if you pay me $100 million a year for three years, I'll give you six months for free. So I'll look at it that way for the sake of the $100 million a year. But technically, about $85 million a year. But nonetheless, instead of getting into the sports headlines, first things first, I want to give you guys a little bit of background on why I wasn't here, where I've been, and all of that good stuff. So the number one answer, why I haven't done as many podcasts, and I have been away for a little bit, it's just been ripping and running with Texas Southern Tiger football it was it was a really really busy year it was a long year and a lot of travel and i finished up by going to Huntsville Alabama as we played the Alabama and Bulldogs and that was traumatic because for about forty-five minutes, I thought we are going to swag championship. I like I couldn't believe it. It fell right into our laps, and we fumbled it away. Literally, uh, actually, we literally fumbled it away. But a uh, blew an opportunity. But still, it was a great season for the TSU Tigers. All things considered, I mean, a couple games got away. The Alabama State game got away. The Alabama a and game was just man. It was it was just it heartbreaking. And just frustrating to lose to Alabama in them. I think the last three or four times, what, what the last two or three times we lost to them. We lost them once in overtime in Alabama. I called that game. Then we lost in the last minute, 52-49 here. And then this time this year, we lose a, we give up 21 points in the fourth quarter and lose that game. But all things considered, team is young. They'll be back. They have, I mean, and it gets complicated nowadays because you do have NIL and you do have the transfer portal and you, uh, some school can offer a guy or some alumni somewhere somehow through back channels, a guy can be offered a lot of money or not even a lot of money, some money to come play somewhere else. So that is tough. And some people leave just to leave. That being said, some people will come. But, you you know, with a team that's really, really close, that's put in all of this work, you hope that everyone comes back. You hope everybody's aboard and will make their return. And that goes for uh, really the coaching staff as well. Now, I know people have different opinions about uh, who should stay, who should go, what should be done. Well, I mean, okay, I can can entertain some of those arguments on some level, but on the other hand, uh, this team grew a lot, and if you break some things down, you really can see where the progress was made and how close this team was to being 7-4. and So, of course, the question is, can this group, Take that next step collectively, and if not, how can you improve and where can you improve? Those are not questions for me to answer, but I will say, obviously, I have a bias when you get to know the coaches and you know them and work with them and you root for them to be successful, good guys, everybody in the program. And one of the most impressive things about Texas Southern, and I'll say this, is that they are a bunch of really Good young men that are in this program. Now, you don't look at that if you just watch wins and losses but look at the the APR and the graduation rate but just how the young men conduct themselves not a lot of scandal not a lot of questionable characters around there everybody even like to the small stuff like yes sir no sir that sort of thing and the level of respect and, and what they're embedding in these young men as they move forward not only in football but in life so but those are things that you have to have those things and you have to win games so I get it but I think that this team is headed in the right direction but that was was a a bad loss, and it was really, really, really uh, the worst loss I caught in thirty years of doing TSU football. I think that was the worst. I mean, I know maybe I'm a prisoner of the present, but man, I I felt really bad about that loss. It was it was really. Really, really disheartening. But so that that went on, and a lot of travel. So that's kind of threw my schedule off. And then during the World Series, I couldn't do games because I couldn't do podcasts because by the time I got the podcast out, the game in question would be either over or ongoing. So the stuff that I was saying was irrelevant. So because of a, a t- I don't get my podcast out into the evenings or or, you know or the early mornings of the next day it's hard to have something relevant when you don't come every single day so that's sort of the drawback of podcast i'm sort of letting you peer behind the curtain a little bit if i'm doing a podcast about game four of the world series by the time you may get it game four will have been played and then the narrative of the entire series would have changed. So that kind of stuff went on and that interrupted how I was able to come to you guys. Of course, Jackson state came to town. We did all of that stuff. And then the world series and hosting a stage co-hosting a stage. Let me tell you how that came about. So I went down for the parade. KTSU had a float in the parade, but we also had a stage and on that stage, uh, we sort of hosted the folks right around us on the route, uh, the the parade route, and it was really Boom Boom Williams who was hosting it. I was there to do some live hits for the folks back at the station. Well, that was cool, except that when a lot of the the players and dignitaries came along, Boom Boom did not know a lot about the baseball players. And he, I mean, again, a lot of folks weren't avid Astros fans. Uh, That were even in that crowd. I mean, you have almost a million people or in excess of a million people. Everybody's not going to be an avid fan. They want to enjoy the celebration. Schools were out. People were off from work. A lot of people jumped in and enjoyed themselves for the parade. But he didn't know the players. So I had to jump in. And then I became kind of a little bit of a a, more of a co-host and a, a little bit of a hype man, which is not me by nature. But, yeah, I was out there doing some things that were out of character, and hopefully it fooled folks into thinking that I was a little bit of a hype man. But I had a great, great time. I hadn't experienced anything like that ever. I'd have been to parades. Uh, I went to the parade in 94. Didn't go to the 2017 Astros parade. Didn't go to the – I don't think I went to the 95. And I think I covered a few of the the comments uh, victory stuff at City Hall. I, I, sort of, some of that is vague. I don't remember what I was there for, what, what I wasn't there for, as it pertains to the comments. But that's not on the level of what this was. And so that was a whole lot of fun. So that was going on. That's why I kind of have been missing, but I want to do things, I want to arrange things where I can come to you in a more timely fashion, on a more regular basis. That's been the goal the entire time as the podcast grows. But then when you go away for a week, two weeks, three weeks, it gets to be a problem and people kind of forget about you. So thank you for bearing with me and hanging out with me. So, yeah. We're working constantly to make it better and give you more content. So that that being said let's talk a little bit about what's going on so the number one thing that's going on today is lebron james calling out the media for not asking him questions about jerry jones like they asked him questions about Kyrie. so let me say this i love what lebron did i, I kind of on on some level i understand why he didn't get the jerry jones questions because Kyrie, he played with Kyrie for three years. So or whatever, two or three years. They won a championship together, whatever. Those guys know each other really well. They had sort of a weird breakup and you know, all of that good stuff, or all of that bad stuff, depending on if you're a LeBron fan or not. But you know he's the the, the voice of the NBA. He really is. So of course you're gonna ask him about something that is as controversial as the stuff with Kyrie. And you maybe not ask him. About Jerry Jones, but I love what he did because essentially he's saying keep that same energy. If if you want to to really make a a one uh, story of Kyrie every single day, and the man has tried to atone and tried to distance himself, although he did a really horrible job of doing both of those things. But uh, if you're gonna do that for Kyrie, what about this billionaire over here? And, And if you don't know the backstory, there's a picture of Jerry Jones as a what, 14, 15-year-old in 1957 trying to keep black kids from attending Central High. It was riotous, and it was a really ugly, ugly part of our past. And a lot of people think Jerry Jones is just as complicit with racism and racist behavior as he was in 1957. However you feel about that, this is what I have felt all along. Jerry Jones is an older white guy from Arkansas. And Arkansas is not – it doesn't get the name of Mississippi, but it has a lot of the trappings or had a lot of the trappings of Mississippi. So, And I think still when you go there, it's a different energy. I'm not saying – I'm not saying anything bad about anybody. I'm just saying it's a different energy there than you would find – But but I'm from Houston. So, of course, I'm from a melting pot that has been reported to be the most diverse city in the United States. We certainly interact more than even other cities with diverse populations where they're kind of sectioned off. Here in Houston, everybody interacts with everybody. So I look at it a lot different because people think, oh, you're in Texas. And Texas has an energy. But I think that's a West Texas, maybe East Texas, maybe Central Texas feel. That's not present here in in your metropolitan areas. That being said, Arkansas has a a different energy. So if you are a a white male of a certain age from Arkansas, it wouldn't surprise me in the least that you would be very racist. It just would not surprise. I mean, I wouldn't be like, no, not him. Not this 90 year old white guy from from the, the South who Grew up pre-voters' rights bill and pre-civil rights movement. Not that guy being racist. So, no, I'm not shocked. Now, the question that always comes down to is, has he grown? How has he grown? And a lot of people point to his lack of response and his sort of his blatant disregard for what Colin Kaepernick was doing and banning his guys from taking a knee and just all of that stuff that reared his head for quote unquote America's team. But isn't it kind of appropriate that a guy with that kind of past has uh, is the owner of America's team, given what we understand about our country's history. Now, uh, you know, what do you want to do? If you do start to hold his feet to the fire, what do you think really is going to happen? Not that you shouldn't anyway, But what you're not going to do is he's not going to be fined. He's not going to be canceled. He's not going to lose his team. They're not going to Donald Sterling him. This dude is the cash cow of the NFL, which is the cash cow for sports in America. Ain't happening. Now, you will not see, because of that, you will not see people on major networks who partner with the NFL going in on him but I love what LeBron did there. He says, "Okay, you point out the hypocrisy." Now, it's not it's not 100% hypocrisy, but it's about 95% hypocrisy because of the standards and the the lack of forgiveness for the mistakes that young black athletes make as opposed to other folks who make mistakes or were at the wrong place at the wrong time on the wrong side of history. So that doesn't excuse, and I don't think that anybody wants to climb the hill of Kyrie Irving and and you know down that hill for some of the stuff that he was around. Uh, you can debate what that entire situation was. Was it, I mean, was it pure anti-Semitism? Was it just playing with anti-Semitism? Was it ignorance of what you were kind of putting out there? Whatever you want to say about that, Kyrie's not the guy that you said, we're going to war for Kyrie. But hypocrisy should be pointed out. Jay Williams has done a tremendous job of saying, hey, you know what? Since you want him to denounce anti-Semitism, Jerry Jones, I want you to denounce racism. Go on record. Let me hear it. Come out there and say something. And so I I, I love it. I love it. I was kind of a, a little bit softer on this subject on KTSU Sports Talk because at the end of the day, he was a kid. He was part of a racist mob. And, again, I was never surprised. Like, if you would have said, hey, maybe that's just my bias, but I wouldn't be surprised coming from the deep south, being of a certain age, that that person would have held or holds certain views when it comes to race. So give me your thoughts on that. 832 I love what he did. LeBron saying, no, keep the same energy. Come on, come on, ask me. Ask me 20 times a day like you did about Kyrie because Jerry Jones is a billionaire and the owner of America's team. And Kyrie is a young man's... He's grown, so he's he's responsible for whatever he does, but he's not Jerry Jones. He doesn't have the power and the the weight of of, and the, the power within the NFL to make moves like this. So give me your thoughts, 832-941-6614. Let's shift gears. There's a lot of stuff I still want to get into. I want to get into Coach Prime. I want to get into a couple of things around Deshaun Watson coming back to Houston. And, uh, of course, we had the conversation with Reggie Brown. But let's uh, let's hit you guys with a little uh, entertainment, a little sports E with Life One Lock. This week in sports, sports Eve, Eve. Entertainment.
1: Eve Inter- entertainment, entertainment,
2: entertainment, the E is for entertainment. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Hey everybody, I hope your day is going well and just got a little better now that you're listening to Sports E with Life Unlocked. Russell Wilson recently turned 34 years old and his wife of six years, Sierra Wilson, pulled out all the stops. Not only did she perform a super sexy dance for him, but she also wrote him a sweet love letter. Now, if you go on both Instagram and TikTok, you can see the latest tributes that the Level Up singer made for Russell. And he stated that he's very grateful to spend the rest of his life with Sierra. The two reportedly celebrated Russell's birthday by dropping by this Center Parker Adventist Hospital in Colorado to visit some patients. And we all know that there's really no better way to spend your birthday than giving back alongside the ones you love. So from the Sports E! Podcast to you, happy birthday, Russell Wilson, and we are wishing you many, many more. And while we highlight the happiness of the Wilsons, on the contrary, Dwayne Wade and his ex-wife are going toe-for-toe about her decision to try and block their daughter's name and gender change. According to the court documents, Dwayne Wade states that it's in the best interest of Zaya, and that a court order will allow Ziya to live more comfortably and honestly in all aspects of her life. He also stated in the documents that the petition is about allowing Zaya to take milestones of being an adult and with confidence and with joy. Now however, Wade's ex-wife stated that she feels Dwayne may be pressuring their child to move forward with the name and gender change in order to capitalize on the financial opportunities that he's received from companies. Wade shortly denied the allegations after they were released in a social media post calling them BS and stating that he filed the petition because Zaya asked him to. Now obviously this is a very sensitive story and of course many opinions and parties are involved. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens with this story as time unfolds. Now in other news, Floyd Mayweather was clearly in a spending mood this week as the boxing champion spent roughly $3.1 million in just under 60 minutes at the Art Basel Fair in Miami, Florida. Now while it's unclear at the moment what pieces Mayweather exactly purchased, it's estimated that he got anywhere between 10 to 12 pieces, is insane. Now Art Basel is a huge event and it typically draws in some of the world's biggest celebrities and athletes including Leonardo DiCaprio, Martha Stewart, Sylvester Stallone, and many many more. But let's be honest, I don't think any of them are dropping the kind of coin that Floyd is and considering that he plans on attending more shows this weekend, I wouldn't be shocked if there's another big purchase on the way. But we'll be sure to keep you updated on all Floyd's future purchases and much more in sports entertainment news right here next week on Sports.
2: Thank you Life on Lock Always good to hear from her A person who's working on her own celebrity Who will have her name plastered all over our televisions One of these days soon Watch out for her But of course, Floyd Mayweather is spending a lot of money Because he's making a lot of money He's doing a Rocky Balboa versus Thunder Lips in Rocky 3 He's doing all these exhibitions And making a ton of money Because I guess uh, the real boxing fans have just uh, gotten old and faded away like me. And so people who who just want semblance, uh, uh, some sort of semblance uh, to the sport of boxing continue to put money in this dude's pocket. It's a circus act to me, but hey, to each his own. And public displays of affection. Now... (laughs) That's kind of tough when you're playing as bad as you, uh, you're playing right now, Russell, to have wifey do you like that publicly. But, I mean, these are public people, so I guess they're doing what they do. I'm, you won't catch me professing my love all over uh, Instagram or whatever. Whatever, It's just not my thing. you do You do what you do. But Russell shoe would feel a lot better if you had some more victories after signing that big deal with the Denver Broncos. With that, going to take a timeout. On the other side, going to talk about Deshaun Watson. Want to talk about uh, the SWAG Championship, Coach Prime. Want to have our conversation with Reggie Brown, DJ Anarchy. So much more is coming up. Hang with us. Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast.
3: Your children are the most precious gift God has given you. Their well-being is of the utmost importance, and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is, well, non-negotiable. So why not end your search at Brighter Brains Learning Center? Located in Stafford, Texas, Brighter Brains is a licensed, family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love, safety, and quality care for children ages 6 weeks to 5 years old. For more information, call 346-328-3717 or visit BrighterBrainSLearningCenter.org.
1: For past episodes or more content, go to wayswordproductions.com.
2: Deshaun Watson is getting ready to make his return to the NFL. And his return starts right here in the city of Houston, the place where he last played. And the interesting thing about that last game that he played for the Texans, there was only like 12,000 people there because it was in the midst of the COVID crisis. And they weren't allowing everybody to come into the game of those 12,000 probably eight thousand got covid because of their attendance that day well no i'm kidding about that but yeah he is uh coming back what do you think what do you think i mean look on one hand you get sort of fatigued by all of those things and you just as a sports fan would like to see him on the field and i know that's terrible i should feel so bad about that Because of some of the transgressions that he was alleged to have committed, but no criminal, uh, no criminal charges. So he was not indicted and he settled all of those civil cases. And it's just a, a ugly, ugly chapter. If he is on his way to redemption we'll have to see but uh, it'll be interesting to see what his response will be because i will say this for folks outside of houston when he first chose not to play for the texans before really the scandals got rolling i don't think people were really that upset with him for making that decision they were more upset with how terribly run the texans organization was at that time how bad they were being run at that time i think most people understood why he wanted to get out no deandre hopkins bill o'brien just it was just a, a show it really just was i don't think the city was overwhelmingly anti deshaun watson now over time and these headlines and these stories keep coming out people's opinions have changed And I think people have grown more sort of bitter and angry towards him, especially like since the Texans are just really a horrible organization, will probably have the number number one overall pick. And he sort of left this organization in shambles. But the shambles occurred while while all around him. I think people sort of did a double take on, well, you're saying all this stuff now about the organization, but you just signed the deal. Hopkins was already gone when you signed the deal. What really went on there, uh, and of course, it came down to him not being involved in the decision-making for the new coach, and it was just terrible, and then all of this stuff piled on top of it. I think for the sake of history, there'll be a lot of booze, but I think there'll be a lot of Cleveland Browns fans in attendance as well. I put the sports line number up so you can call and give me a take on that. I think he's gonna play well. I think obviously he hadn't played in a couple of years or whatever year and a half. What, how many ever what, how many ever months it's been. It's been a long, long time since he's actually played an NFL game. So we'll have to see how rusty he is. But uh, he is a hell of a football player. There's no doubt about that. So I don't know. The other thing, Swag Championship, Swag Championship is coming up Saturday. I okay. I wanna watch it because I wanna support the conference. But I don't want to watch it because it hurts so bad. Again, just to reiterate, Texas Southern needed Prairie View to lose to Mississippi Valley State. And if Prairie View loses and Southern beat Grambling in the Bayou Classic, which everybody thought would happen, I was almost a given considering how bad Grambling had played during portions of the season. Although they started to play better, and that is a rivalry game, you still thought that Southern and Dooley would beat the Grambling State Tigers in the Bayou Classic. So for that window of time, when Valley beat them, I'm like, this is this is our shot. We are going to the SWAG Championship. And I'll say this again, and I've said this every time I've opened up my mouth lately. The Tigers went 4-1 and one in their division, a division that they were picked 6th in. But in that game, Southern and Jackson State will have a rematch. I mean, I think it's going to be a good game. And I think that Southern might win this game only because history tells me when a coach is about to leave somehow, some way that affects the last game that he coaches, especially if it's a bowl game or a championship game. And I go back to like U of H and Tom Herman leaving and everybody kind of, Oh no, it was, it was something. It might've been something in Herman when they were leaving and you kind of felt the energy behind them leaving. You knew they were going to leave, And they lost a big game to Cincinnati. Was that something to Herman? But nonetheless, it's a situation where I guess I buried the lead in my my commentary there because I do think on Sunday he's going to leave. And it may be Colorado. It may be South Florida. I'm leaning South Florida. Could be Cincinnati. But I think he's gone. Now, the aftermath of that is what? Because essentially this is what and I've examined myself for this because I I was on – the Eddie Robinson side of, well, he ain't swag. And what that meant was different from what, how a lot of people took it if you're not in the conference or around the conference. A lot of people took it like, oh, you just hating. You hating on Dion. No, it's not that. It's that it's something to being swag. It's something that comes with that. It's a price to be paid. If you want to be a part of any organization, any historical gathering of folks or groups you have to pay dues you have to to work to be a part of that to be a, a nfl guy you have to go through things to make it to the nfl to be a true a sort of staple in the locker room you have to go through things with that team to be a part of that team not that you can't come in late in the season to be an asset but you're not a true what dallas cowboy you're not a true dallas cowboy if you come in on the last at the last minute as opposed to coming in through training camp, the the point is you have to pay dues. So that's where that comment and those comments seem to be coming from. It's not hate of him because everybody, I think, is truly grateful for what he's done for the conference. I know I am truly grateful for what he's done for Jackson State and for the conference and for HBCUs and for student athletes. You can't say enough about that. So I examined myself. Where is this coming from? So he and I kind of knew all along, but I did some self-examination just to make sure. So here's my issue. This is my only issue if he leaves now, which I cannot blame him for leaving. If you want to leave and make more money, no problem. And thank you for what you've done. We are forever grateful for what you've done. That being said, my only issue is when you brought divinity into this when you brought god into this like god brought, led me here i'm here for a, a more divine purpose you you're the mlk of the swag and i'm again i'm exaggerating i'm going a little bit over the top but he did bring he said it was his calling and i would much rather he had said look i want to coach and i want to give my gifts to the conference and see where it goes I mean, nobody expected him to be a lifer. He's not Eddie G. Robinson. You know, he's not Pete Richardson. He's not Marino Chasm. He's not not he's not those guys that have spent their entire life. So you you know he's not a lifer. And that's fine too. And you know it's hard to walk away from $4, five, four, five, six, seven million dollars a year. You can't expect anybody to walk away from that. So why not just say that? Say, look, I want to have an impact. I want to do what I can do now. You don't have to make it a like you got to put God in this because when you say it that way, it sounds like this is not about the money. This is about nothing else. But my focus on changing their lives and he has changed their lives. But just say, hey, man, if this is just a stepping stone for you to do your thing, nobody's mad at you for that. So I guess that's what I'm a little irked by. But, uh, you know, I, I really am grateful for him. I, I have had opportunities uh, during the swag calls to ask a couple questions here and there. And, and that's cool. And even when he was in the NFL, I think Deion is a, a great guy. I think he really is. I just think that like anybody that's in the public eye for so long, you have some things that can be perceived as missteps. And people are not going to like every single thing you do. And so I guess you can put me in that category. Congratulations to his success at Jackson State. Congratulations to what he's done for Jackson State and for the swag. I mean, it's been great to have 22,000, almost 23,000 in uh, in BBVA or whatever the name of the stadium is now, PNC. And, and the PNC for a football game is incredible. And it was his doing that, that made that happen. So I give him all the credit in the world for a lot of that stuff. I really do tremendous asset and if he leaves great if he stays it will be really amazing for another year but i think he's gone sunday and that's okay it's fine i have no ill will ill feelings towards him hey man good luck and thank you that's all you can say for what he's done now i wish he would hang around as the rest of the conference sort of catches up to see how good are you how good are you and how, how much can you dominate this conference? Because right now he only has one swag championship. We'll have to see what happens on Saturday. gonna be a better game than a lot of people think, uh, or maybe not. But I, I think it will be a better game than a lot of people think. And you have to wonder what people are feeling like and what the sense is in Jackson State about if he's going to leave. I posted a poll question. Most people don't think he's leaving. I'm telling you, he's gone. <laughs> he Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, you know, I hope I'm wrong, but he's out of that. So we'll have to see. Going to take another time out make way for our guy, Reggie Brown from the Special Teams Unit. We have a lot to get into. We had not talked in a while. You hear that conversation and a whole lot more. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anyway, you get your podcast.
1: To have your comments heard, call 832 941
3: Using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832 757 7950. That's 832 757 7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. Come on. You are now listening to house Houseplay, 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 Houseplay,
2: Houseplay, 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 and you can check him out on SoundCloud, on Instagram, and around town. I got to check in with him, see what he's doing these days, so we can get some information on where you can go and check him out. Because it's a thing. It's a vibe. I always say that. It's a vibe with him. So you definitely want to check that guy out. But if you have music you want heard on the podcast, just email us, music at wadeswordproductions.com. That's music at wadeswordproductions.com. The genre doesn't matter. We ask that it's relatively radio edit. Edited, <laughs> relatively radio edited. Was in other words, we want it to be relatively clean so we can uh, play to our family-friendly show, PG thirteen, I'll say. So with that, want to get into our conversation with our guy from the special teams unit, former NFL wide receiver, Alabama State Hall of Famer. Man, dude has had an accomplished career in the game of football, and uh, he's a avid. Miami Dolphins fan and and I do mean fan so you know he has thoughts about that in addition to that of course about the swag and all of that let's get into it here's our conversation with Reggie Brown the hall of famer now uh, a lot has gone on. Man, so much has gone on since the last time we've had an opportunity to visit. And when I think about where we should start, let me give you an opportunity to give the Houston Astros their flowers. I, I mean, you know, I know you're a Yankees guy, but I want to I want to give you the opportunity to be gracious in defeat and uh, really be celebratory of the efforts of, uh, of the Houston Astros.
0: Well, to be clear, the Yankees certainly is my lifelong team. But I've been in Houston for over 30 years now. So I'm a homer. You know, I don't rule against the Astros unless they're playing against the Yankees. And they did a phenomenal job in the sweep of us. I mean, I never thought that could happen. Our bats went cold and the playoffs is what it is. But certainly happy for Dusty Baker to be a legend of the game and to finally win a World Series. And then so happy for the city of Houston where I reside at to uh, get a championship and get that championship feeling. And plus, you know, I got a day off of work because (laughs) the parade. So all in all, it's a great deal. And certainly congratulations to the, Houston
2: Astros. Man, you should have came to the parade. We hosted a stage. KTSU hosted a stage. So I was down there co-hosting uh, a stage on Smith, and I forget what side street we were on, but it was a big stage. It was a whole lot of fun, man. I had gone to the parade in 94 with the Rockets, and that's a totally different thing because it was summertime. It was blazing hot. But I didn't go to the previous uh, Astros one. And so, yeah, we had having a chance to really kind of host that, and we had a float in there. That was a whole lot of fun. It was an incredible day, man. But uh,
0: Man, I was in the NFL when the Rockets won back-to-back, and so, you know, I was balling out of control and had a ball when the Rockets won the championship. <laughs> yeah, I know
2: you were on Richmond Avenue without, with the rest of us. Yeah. I,
0: already know. <laughs>
2: yeah, that was incredible. That was a whole lot of fun. But, yeah, man, so a lot has been going on. The swag season concludes. Speaking of the Yankees, offer Aaron Judge $300 million, Is that enough to keep him? Eight years, $300 million? Well, I think that starts
0: it. And then, you know, the Mets are interested. The Dodgers are interested. So I think really the 300 is just starting point for uh, Aaron Judge. And, you know, he made a decision to bet on himself. And then he goes out and break the American League record um, of 62. And in many people's mind, it's the all time um, home run batting champion. But he bet on himself and he won, you know. And so congratulations to him and his family. And um, there's a lot. I could do with 300. I'd be signing <laughs> 300 bet. That'd be where I sign right now. I want to stub my toe on the subway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you'd already had that deal done, huh? Right, right. Yeah, right. so that that's happening. We get uh, we, and I say if we win it, if the if a team in your city wins the championship, you can say we. But until that point, you got to say they. But uh, as a media, a member of the media, I can say the Astros signed Jose Abreu, and uh, yeah, so the ball is rolling, and they keep getting better. Uh, obviously, they're gonna probably lose Verlander. They're gonna probably lose uh, Gurriel. And probably Michael Brantley. I hope not, but you're probably going to lose Brantley. But everybody else is coming back. <laughs> so that's going on. Also, the SWAG season wraps up. What are your thoughts? Well, we still have the SWAG championship coming up, but the uh, season is over. It's over for Texas Southern and Alabama State and for other, all of the teams other than Jackson State and Southern. How do you assess uh, this season? It was a crazy season in the SWAG. What, what were your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I, I thought it was a crazy season. I mean, you talk about – all of the uh, coaching changes um, at the beginning of the year with Bubba and Eddie and Southern coach changing and uh, you had a lot of coaching changes. But I thought that the SWAC, as usual, did a magnificent job of setting up the season and then the teams competed well. I thought that um, you had a couple of teams that have grown a lot, certainly Prairie View, Southern being able to get back to their winning ways this year. Alabama State um, hadn't had a winning season in a few years, and so with Eddie, um, we got six and five, and um, we're all excited about that and really, really now excited for the next favors. This is recruiting. You're seeing a lot of names go into the transfer portal from some big colleges, and hopefully, you know, a lot of them will consider coming to the swag.
2: Well, yeah, a lot going on with the SWAG. SWAG Championship, Southern, in a, a wild turn of events in which they needed three teams to lose, including Texas Southern, and, of course, I was a part of that, calling that game. All of those things happen. and, of course, they did defeat Grambling State in the Bayou Classic. They go up and uh, get a chance to take on Jackson State and Coach Prime again. How do you see this one? I mean, it wasn't a, a, a blowout in the first one, so how do you see this rematch?
0: That's why you play the game, man. You go out there, you give it your all. In football, there's one of those sports where you can't make any assumptions. And so Southern went out there and took care of their business. And, uh, you know, by the end of the night, they're in a championship. Um, Southern uh, certainly played Jackson State well the first time. It was a really contested game late, but you're going to have to do it again. Dion has a great team down there led by son. You know, you're going to have to go beat them. They're not going to give it to you, and uh, they're going to be heavily favored. I'm looking for uh, another SWAG championship before Dion. Tips his hat to the swag and says goodbye.
2: Well, it seems like he's gonna tip his hat on Sunday. I, I think uh, probably Sunday will be the day. I'm thinking, and again, I don't have any inside information, but I would think that it'll be South Florida. What do you think? Do you think he's leaving? I put a poll question on the Sports Talk uh, Facebook group page, and uh, a lot of people think he's coming back. What do you? Will he be coaching at Jackson State next year? In your opinion?
0: Uh, he was swanked until he wasn't swag is all I gotta say about that.
2: <laughs> so I mean you hear Colorado, South Florida, Cincinnati. I think that it's probably the time, and of course we'll have plenty of time to talk about whatever happens with that. But I tell you, man, it was a, a really exciting season. A lot of parody in the the Swag's Western Division. Yes. And uh moving forward, man, it is gonna be brutal in the West. It'll be interesting to see. I think it's a, a really a two-and-a-half, three-team race in the East when you talk about FAMU, Jackson State, and now Alabama State kind of uh, emerging and, and being a, a contender in the East. How do you how do you see these things playing out in the next couple of years? Because obviously the schedule changes, a couple teams that will move off of some team schedules and move on to other teams. Uh, how do you see the East moving forward?
0: Well, I think one of the things about the East and, and one of the things about football specifically is that the quarterback play. And I think in the SWAT, I'm really, really excited, uh, particularly in the East about the quarterback play that we have. We got Davis down at Alabama state. And then again, obviously Deion Sanders son, and then that kid at uh fam can throw the ball around and he got, you know, he's, he's good in the pocket. And so having that, stability at quarterback in the SWAC on the East side is going to be really, really good. And whenever you got a quarterback, you got a chance. And but overall, I thought that as well about the swag in general, you guys quarterback down at Texas Southern, he can sling it, you know, really, really good. The guy over at Prairie View can sling it really good. And so I'm really, really glad that we're getting some quarterbacks who can you know really play the position really really well and give when you got a quarterback you give your ch- team a chance to win every week so i'm excited about the swag moving forward
2: yeah it's gonna be a whole lot of fun and we'll keep an eye out on all the developments because there can be dramatic swings when you talk about who comes to your program or leaves your program in the portal and so all of those things will sort of play out i, I don't foresee I mean, we've seen Terry Sims at Bethune-Cookman. He got let go. He's fired after seven seasons at Bethune, or they parted ways. I don't know what the, the terminology was on that breakup, but he's no longer the head coach there. And uh, we'll have to see moving forward what happens, if they can kind of catch up with the rest of the conference and get, get in this thing because they hadn't, to this point, hadn't really showed up like I thought they might.
0: Uh,
2: yeah. As opposed to like FAMU.
0: but. Yeah, with of the Terry Sim, um, I coach with him. Um, he's a great, great guy. He's a um, HBCU guy who's been through the wars at many universities in this conference, and um, hopefully he lands on his feet, and I'm sure he will.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if his name will uh, come up as a as a coordinator or how he'll be involved. Because, like I said, I don't know. Obviously, Pine Bluff had has an opening as well at head coach, so. But in the NFL, your team is rolling, man. The Dolphins continue to roll. And I was going to ask you for like 17 points last week going into that game to see if you give me 17. And I would have took the Texans plus 17. But we didn't get a chance to make that bet. But the Dolphins but can.
0: Point, I was going 14, so you were not going to get 17. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> like I said, for a while, it looked like yeah, you could have gave me 28 and then you would have had enough before, you know, the sort of the Dolphins downshifted. But a huge game for the Dolphins this week uh, playing against uh, McDaniel's former team, the San Francisco 49ers. What are your thoughts on – let's talk in general about the Dolphins and then if you want to talk about the game, what are your thoughts on this week?
0: Well, in general, I think we're playing some great football, um, you know, of being eight and zero as the games that he started and finished, he certainly established himself as the leader of the team and also an MVP candidate. Um, I think he's probably in the second or third person in, in the race right now. With still seven games left to go, um, we're relatively getting relatively healthy. Certainly losing Terrence Armstead to a pec injury, but now there are reports coming out that he may play. Um, This weekend. So that's encouraging. And then the defense has just been steadily getting better. So I think we're primed and ready for a playoff run. And then considering the San Francisco 49ers, I mean, I think it's going to be a great football game. You got two teams or two coaches, I should say, that know each other really, really well. Uh, Mike McDaniels coached with uh, Shanahan for over 10 years. He's went with him wherever he's gone, and so they know each other. Um, I look forward to for San Francisco to really – play a physical style of defense to try to slow that offensive down. Caveat, I don't think that's going to happen, but I know that their defense is ranked number one in the league and our offense is ranked number two in the league, so it's going to be a test. And then they have a certainly a... A really, really good offense with Debo and Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell. Their starting running backer who they rely heavily on running the ball, he's out. So that's going to certainly hurt hurt their offense somewhat. But it's just going to be a really, really good football game, and I fully expect the Miami Dolphins to win.
2: Well, uh, I want to ask you about this uh, this city's uh, matchup this weekend. Deshaun Watson comes back to town. Uh, what do you think you'll see from Texans? Well, I don't know that it'll be a Texans fan crowd. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to expect with this one. This is going to be a really different experience with Cleveland Browns, with the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson coming back to town. Well, what do you see when you look at this matchup? Uh, and, and and what do you think will be the reception for Deshaun Watson in uh, NRG Stadium?
0: Well, I think first of all that's nasty work by the NFL to uh bring Deshaun first game back with this uh coming to play the Texans. I mean the NFL can be ruthless and they're all the and they're all about the brand and so they know that uh, even though this game won't be nationally televised it will certainly get a lot of play in the national media about what's the game and that's always a good thing for the NFL and then secondly he he won't be received well and you remember that he set out the season even before these allegations come out. So there was already a nasty separation between Deshaun Watson and the Houston, Texas, even before all the stuff came out about the um, ladies involved in, you know, I guess you would call it a scandal or the case. So I can't see it being anything but raining down booze on him, but he's a professional, and um, I'm sure he'll be able to handle that. And uh, it'll be interesting to see after having. You know, almost a two-year layoff. How he'll perform—that's what i what, what do
2: you think, for. though? What should what should take? How do you think he'll play? I think he'll play.
0: He'll be up for the game, and you know, play as good as he can. Deshaun is certainly a dynamic quarterback. He's a young guy, but I suspect that we will see some rust. You don't just come off the streets and go into an NFL game, you know. Cleveland has a very good defense. You've got Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney. So that defense is pretty good. So I expect we'll see some rust. I think he, but again, I, I think he'll acquit himself well. He's a good quarterback and um, that Cleveland team is dangerous. I fully expect them to win with or without Deshaun. So there's that. And then adding him to it, I think he'll be able to make some plays.
2: Yeah, well, like I said, it'll be a whole lot of fun. Uh, I'll be there early for that one. I mean, look, the press the the press box was not empty, but it wasn't. It certainly wasn't full or or energized at all. The last game versus the Commanders. I would imagine everybody, all hands will be on deck for that game on Sunday. Before we let you get out of here, because we'll start to visit more regularly as we get down to the home stretch in the NFL season. But uh, USA Soccer. Have you been watching the World Cup? Have you been most, paying attention?
0: Most definitely. most definitely. You know, you tie the first game and uh, now you got to win. And they come out and they take care of business and they win 1 0. And now you get into the second round. And for USA soccer, this is huge. And I, I say that, but for the world, this is huge and the u.s is certainly on the world stage with an opportunity to compete and i think we got a good team i think we gotta uh you know put up a lot of pressure on teams i don't think we have the killer to really just dominate a game but from a team perspective i think we're pretty good and um uh, i really expect that we'll go out there and uh Compete and get into the next round.
2: Yeah, it's so hard to really assess because I don't—I know neither one of us are real like soccer guys, but I would say this: um, I like the athleticism of the USA team, and I, but I, again, you're going up against uh, you know the Netherlands and. And then the mix a, a lot. And I, it's a tall task. A lot of people think they can win. I don't know. I don't know how to handicap that game, but it'll be fun to watch. And it's fun for America to advance. They've been saying my whole life that soccer one day will take over in the United States. Hadn't happened, but it's 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 you know it's creeping up there, especially with some of the issues with, with head trauma and football and some parents not wanting their kids playing football in different parts of the country. I mean, we don't feel that down here in the South, but certainly in parts of the country you see a decline in Little League football, youth football, and stuff like that. But So soccer is growing. I don't know. I guess eventually it'll take over the United States. How long hey, you think now, that'll be? As long as they got football
0: in Florida, Alabama, Louisiana, Texas, California, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. The NFL is safe. Say <laughs> so we good, huh? We good, huh? But you want to see, you know, you want to see being a middle school principal, kids have multiple opportunities to participate in sports. And so it's a win all the way around when soccer becomes prevalent in the usa as more kids have opportunities to play and um i certainly believe that the u.s has the best athletes in the world and so it won't be long before we are the dominant team in the world and that you can pretty bet's gonna happen in our lifetime
2: i don't know man <laughs> unless you are gonna live to 150 because hey man our best athletes just don't play soccer and i mean maybe that'll change but can you imagine if like you said florida texas out Alabama, Georgia, if they started playing soccer, if like if the SEC and the, and the Big 12 became like soccer powerhouses, then maybe you're looking at a situation where we could take over the world. But none of our well, best athletes play soccer.
0: Well, I think, you know, like you said, if our best athletes play right now, hell put um LeBron James <laughs> uh, at, at the goalie and uh put uh Kyrie on one end and put some of our guys, you know, uh, Justin Fields uh, out there and Tyreek Hill <laughs> on one you know, <laughs> shit we can it right now.
2: So we'll be in a mix now. Huh? But, right. But like I said, man, good talking to you, and we'll get back into a more regular routine now that I'm off the road and uh, things are slowing down and we can head down the stretch of the NFL season. So we certainly look forward to it.
0: But quick question for you. Uh, You you call the games and you get a chance to see – the swag wide open and, uh, you know, with the bird's eye view, what what were your impressions of the swag overall this year?
2: Well, I mean, I thought, and again, I'm sort of biased towards Texas Southern, but I thought that there was some things that I saw with the running games from different teams that really surprised me. And you talk about like the, the trend of, of football is you got, like I said, you have to have a quarterback and that's still true. But you're seeing the athleticism in, in running backs – quarterbacks in the running game I think has been big. And I just think that the overall level of play has improved. I just think that certain teams – didn't know how to win or didn't know how to finish. I, don't, I think Prairie View let some teams off the hook. I think Texas Southern let some teams off the hook. It'll be interesting to see. And this is one of the reasons why I wish Dion would come back, Coach Prime would come back, because now you're starting to see these programs come back to life. When You know, you, he came into the league. Alcorn was down, Southern was down, Grambling was down, and you just didn't have the traditional strong powerhouse teams. Alabama State was down, Alabama a and So, you know, it was a situation where he came in at a good time because the rest of the conference was down. But now you're starting to see everybody step up, and I think part of it is the coach prime effect and and, and you're getting guys and, and, and you're able to talk to guys that maybe – and I, I think it all goes back to – George Floyd and the movement behind HBCUs that preceded prime coming to the SWAC. But I just think you're seeing better athletes, better coaching. You're starting to see, uh, it's great to have Hugh Jackson back in the con or in the conference, Eddie in the conference, Bubba. Uh, it's good to see these guys in the conference. Cause you know, the level of play is going to get better across the board. I just think Simmons and, and fam, you, they're doing a tremendous job. So it's gonna be fun, and you want to see him slug it out when everybody is ready for war, and these other programs are, are getting up to speed really, really quickly.
0: Very good. So you and I, in the coming weeks, that once Prime makes his decisions, we'll have a more in-depth conversation.
2: I'm sure. Yeah, that'll that'll happen Sunday. <laughs> I think. After, <laughs> I, let's say this: I don't think he's coaching the Celebration ball. So I mm. just I'll leave it at that. But yeah, so I look forward to uh, to talking more about all things sports with you and we'll visit uh, maybe next week.
0: Good deal. Love the special teams, bro. And take care.
1: To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614. Want to thank Reggie
2: as always. Looking forward to visiting with him as we head down the stretch of the NFL season and offseason recruiting and all of that good stuff. So, uh, looking forward to talking to him really, really soon. No Lamar Award this time out, but if you haven't heard it, if this is your first time listening, you can go back and listen to past episodes and listen to the Lamar Award, where we presented to the big dummy of the episode. So, uh, we'll have him coming up, just not this time out. But before before I let go. Before I let go. Hey, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I want to thank DJ Anarchy. Want to thank Ridge. I want to thank Life On Lock. Man, I certainly appreciate you guys. We want you to give us a call 832 941 6614. 832 941 6614. Happy birthday to our guy Pernell Harvey from the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Group and the TFE Group. I want to say happy birthday to him. Also, Big Woods, happy birthday to you as well. Getting out of here again, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Group on Facebook, 832-941-6614 is the number to call and on Twitter at Wade's Word. But if you can't remember any of
1: that, please
2: remember these four things.
1: Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And (laughs) four, bye. (laughs) This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word